Welcome to the Aligned Women Podcast, a podcast to empower women in chiropractic to grow practices that work for their families. I'm Dr. Danielle Eaton. And I'm Dr. Shauna Dingman. We're two moms who are navigating the journey of life and practice just like you. So sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy the show. Welcome to a new episode of the Aligned Women Podcast. I'm super excited for today's episode because we're going to be talking about something that I actually talk about how much I dislike often, but we're going to talk about it today in a way that I'm excited to talk about. And what we're talking about today are health fairs and screenings. Oh, I already feel it. Like our audience is going, what? No. Everyone's favorite topic because everybody <laughs> loves spending their weekend time or evening time going to screenings. Right. Exactly. And that's why I'm excited to talk about this because there are ways that we can go about going to health fairs and screenings that we can make it more fun, more easy, and more effective for our practice. Mm. Yeah. And you know, the purpose of this podcast episode, when Danielle and I were talking about it in the, the pre-chat before we hit record is doing a health fair screen, let's just say screenings for simplicity's sake, doing screenings that aren't cheesy and don't make people want to punch you in the face. <laughs> and that's honestly, it's, it's not hard to do, but I think very few of us are actually doing it that way. So it's a good episode. If you're tuning in, screenings have enormous benefit. And I know for me, um, when I first started my practice, honestly, that is, that's how I built my practice was on screenings because back then we didn't have blogs and we didn't have social media. I'm trying to think if we even had internet. No, I'm kidding. I was, I'm not that old, but <laughs> that was really the way that I built my practice. And, um, and I've changed the way I do screenings enormously in the last two years. I do screenings radically different now than I used to do them. And I really love the way we do them now. So I didn't love them before, but they were effective. And now I actually really enjoy doing them, but we don't do them all that often anymore. So Shauna, can you tell us more about what you used to do in screenings that made them effective for you? Okay. So... The first thing is I didn't do a screening just anywhere. And in the last episode of the Align Women podcast, we talked about our ideal patients. So the screenings that I would typically do were screenings that had to do with moms and children. Um, so right away, just being in that space where I was surrounded by my ideal patient, that's definitely going to help your, you know, your new patient numbers um, or the people who are going to book from a screening because you're already in and amongst the demographic that you want to be in. So that would be the first thing is don't just do a screening anywhere. Only do a screening if the people who are going to be there are in the demographic that you want to be serving. And mostly what we did when we were there, we had, you know, we, we always had a very professional display. This is where things like signage and if you're bringing any brochures or business cards or print work, it has to look nice and it has to look professional because people are going to be drawn to aesthetics. This is where people, because they don't know you, they're judging a book by its cover. So you want to make sure that the cover of your book is exactly how you want to portray yourself. So this is where things like branding and 
colors and logos and all that, it actually makes a big difference in this kind of thing. So we always had a very professional looking display. Any of the brochures that we had were done professionally. They were done on proper paper. Um, They were attractive. We use now those, you know, those big stand-up banners, you pull them up and they'd be about, I don't know, six feet tall and maybe two or three feet wide. Yep. Um, So we use those now at our screenings. Again, we didn't have those years ago, but any signage that we did have was always done professionally. And then mostly we just tried to engage with people and it wasn't, hey, do you want to come over and get checked? It was just, you know, starting normal conversations with normal people. Hey, how you doing today? How, how are you enjoying the show or how are you enjoying the screening? Uh, you know, what's your favorite booth so far? Where, you know, when I'm on a break, where should I go and make sure I hit? And, you know, once you engage people in conversation, typically you don't have to ask the question, do you want to get checked or whatever it is that you're doing? They will say to you, so what are you doing? Or so what do you do? And that initiates the conversation. We always had some way of checking people for subluxation. And the two most common that I've used are either some kind of a posture analysis or we used um, an EMG. So we'd bring a substation with us and we'd just do, just do necks, like just upper cervical. And we'd put it in test mode and we would um, do the EMG on people or the, um, the nerve setting. And just tell people, we tell people ahead of time what it is that we were looking for, what's normal and what's not normal. And then we'd scan them and they could see right away whether it was normal or not normal. Um, And then if the chiropractic assistant was doing the scanning, then they would pass the person, they would have the person talk to me or to my husband to kind of interpret for them and make a recommendation, you know, this is something that really needs to be checked. And then what we used to do was we used to have an offer. So for a while we had, um, you know, an exchange, normally an initial visit and exam in our office is 185, but today what we're doing is we're donating, uh, you pay $30 and we're donating that directly to, and then we'd have usually a charity. So we often have worked with Compassion, for example. So we're donating that directly to Compassion so that we can help release children from poverty around the world. Um, we don't do that anymore. You don't have to do that. But it's, it's really what you feel comfortable with. Uh, I'm a little hesitant with the free offers or discounted offers because in some ways, I think that's what devalues what we do. But again, there's a certain confidence or certainty level in not offering any kind of a discount. So when you're talking about the cheese factor, I think that's where the cheese factor can really come in. Depending on how you do an offer and how you present it, you can really come off looking like a used car salesman or you can come off you know, still looking very professional in that we understand this is a show. Everybody is offering some kind of a show price today. This is how we talk about ours. You know, normally it's this, but today for this screening or for this event, in exchange for, um, you know, in exchange for your examination, we're going to ask you to make a $30 donation or a 60 or whatever it is, $10 donation. I would make it at least 30, by the way, to your favorite charity. 
And make sure you give that money to the charity, by the way. Make sure that you're able to say at the end of the whole thing when you, you know, when you are reporting on it in social media or sending an email out to your patients, let them know how much you were able to donate to your particular charity based on the event that you did that weekend. So that is one way of decreasing the cheese factor. Yeah, I like that. So what I'm hearing overall is that going into a screening, it would be ideal to have a plan of what you're going to do to start new conversations and to help people learn more about what it is that you do. And then also for them to learn something new about themselves too. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, when you say have a plan, you're right. We had a very structured plan of how we did screenings and we trained our staff on it. So we, Craig and I worked on it together and then we always did staff training. And if it had been a while between screenings, we did the training again. We, so everybody, we made sure we were on the same page as to who is doing what, who's responsible for what. We have a screening box at the office that has everything that we need for screenings, the tablecloth, the brochures, the brochure stands, the um, you know pens, your tape, electrical cords. We have all of that in a box so that when it's time to do a screening, all we have to do is just bring the box up. At the end of the screening, anything that got used up before the box gets stowed away, our CAs would always replace, you know, if it was paper clips or something like that, they'd make sure there was a new box of paper clips in the box. So it is, you're not just showing up and winging it. We are not going to be the queens of wing in this. You have to figure out (laughs) what you want to accomplish and then you reverse engineer it. And, you know, I think the other biggest thing when we're talking about how do you get rid of the cheesiness of it is you have to be thinking, and we talked about this in the last episode when we talked about our, our ideal patient, how does it benefit them? So instead of thinking, I want to get new patients, I want to get new patients, and basically, you know, pulling people over and saying, want to get checked, that, oh man, that is off-putting to people. And people, you'll find when you're in a screening, people want to shy away from the vendors because they don't want to be sold to. People are just tired of that. So this is where you're, you're really focusing on These are normal people, so be a normal person with them. If they've got a cool t-shirt on, ask them, hey, that's a cool t-shirt. I can't read it. What does it say? Where did you get it? That's awesome. And if they don't want to say anything back to you, let them walk on. Well, that is something that certainly can require some confidence to do, to you know, start a conversation with someone or at least attempt to, and then to not have that person reciprocate. And part of that is from having the willingness to put yourself out there in these kind of situations where you might be rejected yes. and learning how to accept rejection is not something that reflects on you and doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing anything wrong or that there's something wrong with you, but it just is what it is. Maybe it's just not the right fit. And you don't have to go into any more emotional drama about it than that. Yeah, you know, the way we always do our training at the office, I I tell my CAs, think about it like your kid's bus driver. So when my kids catch the bus in the morning, the bus comes along, the bus stops at our driveway, the kids get on and the bus goes to the next stop. Now, if my kids are sick that day and nobody's getting on the bus, the bus still stops at the driveway 
opens up the door. If nobody gets in, the bus driver closes the door and moves on to the next street, the, the next house. You know, he doesn't cry and get upset and think, oh, what did I do? Why don't they like me? It, why don't they don't like my bus? Is it the color of my bus? Do I need to change my bus? Maybe I need to, to do a different grade. Maybe I need to do a high school bus route instead of an elementary bus. No, they close the door and they move on. And that's how we need to think about it. You have something really valuable, but it's not for everybody right now. Everybody is not your person right now. So what we need to do is simply open up the conversation and allow people the chance to participate. But if they don't want to participate, you just, you're the bus driver, just, you're just moving on to the next person. Open up the conversation. Maybe this one participates. Then you show them how to participate. And if they don't, then you just keep moving on. So I think we have to, to think of ourselves like the bus driver. We just move along, open the door, close the door, move along. And that's, that's the way it is in chiropractic. That's the way it is in any business. Yes, absolutely. What do you do now in screenings that's different than what you did before? So what I do now is I actually do a posture check. I find people are really, really interested in posture, in particular when it comes to their kids. And it's something that people can relate to a little bit more than uh, nerve interference in the neck, for example. So what I have is one of those stand-up banners, and there's just a grid on it. There's nothing else on it except for a grid. So picture a bunch of horizontal lines and a picture of vertical lines. yeah, a bunch of horizontal lines and a bunch of vertical lines. And then I use an app on my iPhone and I wish I could remember the name of the app. I think it's just called Posture Screen. We can put it in the show notes when I have a chance to open up my phone and <laughs> tell you the name of it. And all you do is when you, when you have to buy the app and you have to buy a bunch of credits, um, but it's not very expensive at all. And what I do is at a screening, we just ask people if they want to have their posture checked or have their kids posture checked. Usually they'll say yes. And then I tell them what it is I'm looking for. So I tell them what normal posture is from the side and from the front. And then we put their kids, say, say it's a kid, we do um, a side view and we do a front view and the app tells you exactly what you need to do. And the thing that's great about the app is it generates this awesome report. So it will tell you, you just follow the instruction in the, in the app. And what it will do is it will tell you if their hips, their shoulders, their head is level or unlevel, rotated or not rotated, not rotated. From the side view, it will tell you if their head has been pulled forward. And if it is, how many millimeters or inches is it pulled forward? And what the relative weight of their head is now. So say, for example, I posture check someone, an adult, and they have a two-inch anterior head carriage. It will say that they have an anterior head carriage of two inches, which has effectively made the head 45 pounds instead of, say, five pounds, for example. So it has this awesome narrative that comes with it. And then what I do is... I, um, I tell the, the person who's being checked, you know what, we've got a lot of people that are being checked today. I'm going to send you the results of your, of your posture examination. So, sorry, before I do that, I will actually tell them. I'll show them their picture and I'll say, this is you. Does this look normal to you? 
So I get them to be the doctor and they, I mean, it's obvious when it's not normal, they'll say, no, it's not normal. And I'll tell them, this is putting a lot of stress and, stress and pressure in your nerve system. And I don't know what, that's, what that means for you from a symptom standpoint, but I can tell you that your body isn't working the way it was designed to. And you probably know exactly what that means for you. Usually they'll say, oh yeah, I get headaches all the time. Or could that be the reason why I have constipation all the time? Or those kinds of things. And then what you say is, well, I can't say that exactly. What I can say is that it warrants further examination. And then I'll tell them, you know, if you want to come in and have an examination, we can set that, up, set that appointment up for you. And then if they say yes, awesome. You just book the appointment. We don't do any discounts. We just book the appointment. If they say, well, let me think about it, then I'll say, how about I send you the results of your, your posture examination? Would that be okay? Can I email them to you? And they always say yes. Now we have their name and their email list and they go right into our leads list. I don't send them the actual posture report that the app generates. There's a lot of information in there. And to be honest, I want to save that for if they come into the office. So what I do, it takes a little bit of work. This is where having your chiropractic assistant or someone else who can help you with this is great. We actually, um, I'll take a screenshot of their posture with the lines. And then I, I have a specific template in the email that just kind of recaps what we talked about, gives them the gist of what's going on with them, and then tells them what the logical next step is. And then they can do with it whatever they want, but either way, now they're on my email list. So people are either, if they're getting checked, they're either coming in for a new patient appointment or they're going on my email list. And either one is fine with me because once they get on my email list, typically they go into a funnel. They go into a sales funnel that's been uniquely designed to welcome them to our, to sort of introduce them to our office, to talk about a little bit what we do, to talk about health in very general terms that is appropriate for someone who's not a patient. And at every step, they have the option of booking a consultation. And if they don't book a consultation from that, then they're still in our leads list. And now what they're going to get is our, our monthly newsletter that has the different blog posts we've done, links to Facebook live videos and things like that. So ideally over time, that person will find their way into our office. And I, I love this procedure because to me, it just feels really appropriate. It feels really congruent. I don't feel like I'm shoving something down people's throat. I feel like at every point, they get to make the choice how they want to participate. I had the sense about five years ago that we could be doing this with screens, that we could be collecting information with um, a way to follow up with people after the event was over, the people that didn't schedule an appointment, but that I still felt maybe if they knew more, understood more about what it is that I can help them with, they could be a patient in my practice. And I didn't have that system in place. And it was really frustrating for me to do screenings because what I'd often do back then was show up with the expectation that I was there to just waste my time, <laughs> but, that this is, but that this is what I had to do to grow my practice. Mm -hmm. And what you've described today, Shauna, is essentially just basic steps and a plan of if you're going to do health fairs or screenings to grow your practice and you really want to get something out of your time and your investment, 
then here's how you can go about doing that. So what you've shared is really, really valuable. You know, it's an acknowledgement. And this is something I, I certainly, I probably knew it, but would never have been able to articulate it years ago. But it's, it's the understanding that you have a cold market, a warm market, and a hot market. So you'll see people at screenings who they're actually looking for a chiropractor. Those are the people where they meet you and they're like, oh, my chiropractor just moved to Las Vegas and I'm looking for somebody. I mean, that doesn't happen very often, but man, that's great when they do. That's a hot lead. That's someone who is looking for something or they're the person who they've had headaches and they're tired of all the medical tests and things not coming back um, with any information that's relevant to them. They've tried everything and they're really open. Like they're just looking, what is the next thing? And then boom, you're there. Those are hot leads. That's a hot market. And that's not the majority of people. The majority of people, I would say, are cold and warm market. I would say maybe even more warm than cold. Because I think in our culture, people are very aware of the need for good health care. And I think people are aware that there are lots of great alternatives to their medical doctor. They're just not really sure what they are, but they're open to it. And the cold market is people who are, they don't even know that we exist hardly. They don't even know that they have a problem. And that's something you can imagine. It's almost impossible to take a cold lead and turn them into a hot lead. You have to walk them through the process. You have to walk them on a journey. We use that word a lot in this podcast, but you have to take people on a journey from where they're at to where they and you want them to be. And it's an acknowledgement that if somebody is a cold lead, let's warm them up before we try and shove something down their throat and make them a hot lead. Yes. (laughs) And I think that's really the key to avoiding feeling like you're selling in in an environment like this. Because if that's you and you feel uncomfortable um, being quite so direct with people, then you, you can have a different approach and that's okay. But you still need to have a plan in place for what that other approach is going to be. Yeah. And it makes the event way more fun because it takes the pressure off of you. It's an icky feeling when you feel like, oh, there's someone coming along. Okay. I got to get them checked. No, the only pressure is, I wonder if I can open up a conversation. Can I say hi? Does he have a cool hat on? Does she have a beautiful purse? Like those kinds of things are great conversation starters. And that's something you can brainstorm in your training. What are some ways to open up a conversation? And it's a great training to do for your CAs because I guarantee you they feel anxious because they they don't know what to say. So give them some words that they can say. Just use some some one-liners, some sample ways to open up a conversation. Oh my gosh, your baby is so cute. How old is he, she? Be careful. (laughs) Make sure you know whether it's a he or she before you go there. How old is your baby? Oh my gosh, your children are so cute. How old are they? What school do they go to? Do you live in town? Um, Hey, you know, I noticed they've got their, whatever, swim goggles around their neck. Where do they take swimming lessons? Because I'm looking for someone that would be great. I don't like the people my kids are currently with. It's those, like, that's how real people have conversations. So just be a real person. And people appreciate that. (laughs) That is beautiful. Okay. So, Shauna, do you have any parting thoughts before we wrap this podcast episode up today? 
Just be open. Like I said, screenings are a great way to build your practice. I still recommend, even if you've been in practice for a long time, get out there and do some screenings. They can be a lot of fun. And if you're going to do it and you don't have a process for it, before you get there, please, please, please sit down and think about the process, lay it out with your team, work on it with your team and train before you go. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for everything that you've shared in this episode today, Shana, and thank you for listening to this episode. You know, we would love to have feedback from you. What are you loving about the podcast? What would you like to hear in future episodes? And you can share that with us over in Mama Chiropractors. If you're not a member yet, then head over to blindwoman.com forward slash Mama Chiropractors, and you can apply to join us in our free Facebook group. Really, it's more than a group. It's a community of women, and it's awesome. Okay. That's all for today. We will catch you back here next week for a new episode. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for joining us today on the Aligned Women Podcast. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, we would love for you to head on over to iTunes and hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join the community of amazing women doctors in our free private Facebook group, Mama Chiropractors, by going to alignedwomen.com slash mama chiropractors. And if you'd love to fast track your success in life and practice, subscribe to the waitlist for the Aligned Women Team group coaching membership by going to alignedwomen.com forward slash join. Have an amazing day and we look forward to seeing you next time on the Aligned Women podcast.